How we doing traders? Welcome to the Stock Market Movers. Welcome back. I'm your host, Money Mitch, and welcome to the show. Today's topics, we got Biden in Taiwan, FOMC meeting in Goldman Sachs Outlook, AutoZone, Starboard with Wix, Stock Market Gainers, Earning Stocks for this week, Array Technology, and the Grand Theft Auto 6 leak that was out there. We'll talk a lot about what's going on in the market. If there's a headline that has your eyes, make sure you guys throw it up in the chat here. And of course, at 145, we're going to be joined by our interview today. We got Giles Coughlin, analyst at HYCM. Excited to go ahead and get into a good interview with Giles. Giles, always great to talk about the overall market. And we'll take a look at some Forex and commodities. You guys hit the like. Let's get it started. Welcome to Stock Market Movers, where we give you all the headlines and, of course, get you to the expert opinions to keep you guys in the informational edge. Let's get it started. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I wanna breathe more than any man alive. All right, traders, let's go ahead. Let's dive on into today's action. Let's take a look. Spy jumping back. As you guys can see, I was caught on the MOS taking a look at that jump. We'll talk a little bit about that coming on up on what was hot and what was not. Uh, but let's take a quick dive into the spy as the spy is bouncing a little bit here. As you guys can see, we haven't really cut, cut through that 23 on the RSI again for the spy to kind of give us that bounce outlook so am i expecting a bounce here not yet but it does look like we're battling today if you go to the intraday you can see how we're up there to the 385s of course we kind of leaked down and we were back here on friday but these are very close to friday's close you right i mean friday's close you got 386.16 we're at 385.75 where did we struggle today right around those 38 86 level so let's see if we can get back up towards 387 that would be good for the bulls but for right now the market is going a little bit sideways did bounce a significant amount today we'll talk about what stocks got moving but let's go into the overall talk on out there of course uh u.s uh president joe biden saying on 60 minutes i don't know if you guys caught the interview but said that u.s Forces would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Asked on CBS 60 Minutes interview, uh, it was asked that whether the U.S. forces would defend, and the answer was yes. If, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack, we would defend. Asked to clarify if he meant, unlike in Ukraine, U.S. forces, American men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. And Biden simply replied, yes. So keep this in mind. We'll see what happens. If there's any kind of war talks, of course, out of China and Taiwan, that would definitely affect the markets big time on the downside. So just putting out the warning flag on out there. I'm not saying this is going to happen, 
but it's something that I'm keeping in mind. And the reason why I'm still in a lot of cash is because of this situation. I just can't trust that Taiwan and China are going to play, you know, friends right here. I think at the long run, you know, will China bark back? You know, the United States is coming out with comments like this. Eventually, China has a tendency of barking back. And that's what has my eyes really open and paying attention to anything that comes out of China. All right, let's keep going. Of course, uh, later on this week, starting on Tuesday, you got the FOMC meeting. Of course, they'll be meeting on Tuesday, then putting out that conference on Wednesday. Wednesday is where we really are going to pay attention to see what happens. Are we going to get a 75 basis point hike rate or a full 100? Well, this is what a lot of people are keeping their eyes on. Now, today from Goldman Sachs, we did get some comments on out there how they see the markets, right? They said that we have raised our Fed fund rate forecast by 75 basis points over the last two weeks. And now expect the FOMC will hike by 75 basis points in September, 50 basis points in November, and 50 basis points in December to reach a terminal rate forecast at 4 to 4.25% by the end of the year. Um, they also see high interest rates, low growth, and elevated risk of recession ahead. Um, they also gave a cut towards their GDP forecast for 2023. Now sees growth just at 1.1% for the year, down from the previous expectation of 1.5% year over year. Um, so definitely keep this on watch. We'll see what happens with GDP. Will we get a third negative reading in GDP? That's something to definitely watch and definitely will be more talks about recession. Now, one quote that caught my attention here also is something that was given out by CFRA Sam Stavall. You guys know we've had him on multiple times. He, he put out a note that stated also that 56 rate hikes occurred since uh, World War II. And the central bank has only upped interest rates by 100 basis points only seven times since World War II. So we'll see if that actually does happen. Will we get the 100 basis points? Of course, that will shake up Wall Street. Coming in on Wednesday, 2 p.m., 2.30 will be the meeting, of course, and 2 p.m. would be the release. We'll see what happens. Will we get some fireworks from the FOMC meeting? And like always, you guys can watch that FOMC conference right here on Benzinga. And of course, on Wednesday, we'll not only have of course, the interest rate talk, but we also have our boot camp and our town hall that day. Very important to talk about what's going on in the markets. We'll see what happens. Don't miss that. That's going to be on Wednesday. All day long, we have educational and you got the town hall. Those will be at 12 p.m. Four experts on there talking about the U.S. economy. Don't miss that. That's going to be on Wednesday. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into the first earnings stock today. We're going to talk about AutoZone here. Let's take a look how it traded in the intraday action. Actually came down off of decent earnings here. Really wasn't bad. Let's talk about their EPS coming in here at $40.51, beating the 38.38 estimate. Sales at $5.35 billion, beating the $5.15 billion estimate. 
AutoZone's fourth quarter same store uh, sales increased 6.2%. But mentioned in the earnings report, there was talks of lower margins, and that's probably being the focus today of why you're seeing a little bit of a turnaround. We'll see if AZO is able to hold up here. What I think this company really needs to do is think about a stock split because the stock is just too expensive for the average investor to kind of think about it. And I think, you know, a 20 for one split, bring this back down, you know, who knows? Maybe if this was back down towards, let's say, 200 or maybe, you know, down there towards 100 or something, it could be an easier price to buy for certain investors out there. Just throwing a thought. Hopefully we'll hear something about AutoZone and that they bring down that price. But right now, it's just hanging in there. What I would watch for is, of course, any cut down below 2000 because then you'll cut the trend that it's been trying to hold for a long time. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? How we doing out there? Easy Zoltan in the chat. Keith, uh, Angie in the chat. I see you guys talking out there. Uh, 75 basis point is also where I would be looking at. And I see Beach Bum in the chat also. Hey, if the fund rates should go to approximately 4.5, it's 2.5. Go figure. Well, the big thing there is that they see, right, the 75 basis points in September, 50 in November, and 50 in December. What I could see really happening is I think we get 75 basis points in September. We get the 50 basis points in November. But I think in December is when we're going to start seeing a little bit of some laying off from the Fed. Maybe we get a 25 basis point hike and they come right back down towards the 25 basis points and just start slowly trying to weave off of the hike rates is what I see into 2023. But like always, who knows? Nobody knows. It's really all going to be about, like the Fed says, data dependent. All right, let's keep going. We'll get out of AutoZone talk. We'll go into Wix. So let me know if you guys have ever created a website with Wix. Um, I know that I was thinking about it at one point. I ended up going a different route, but you're seeing Wix get a lift here today and continue the movement. Why is this coming off of? Well, activist investor Starboard Value revealed a 9% stake in website development platform Wix. And it's getting some lift here today into the intraday market, continuing the lift in the pre-market. And now we'll see if it can get towards the next daily levels. Next levels for me I have is a move back up towards 94. It could get to the 200-day moving average, which would be good for the bulls, right? If you're a long-term bull in WIC, well, there you guys see it coming on back. Let's see if it can get towards the 200-day moving average. Right now I have that at 90, 97. And we should see that kind of come on up there closer towards that 91. We'll see if we can make it back up there in Starboard and Wix. Wix is, of course, is kind of like an easier way to make websites. And so I see the usage. The only thing is there's not so much uh, kind of uh, freedom when you're making websites through Wix. But that's just what I notice. Um, we'll see what happens. A lot of people use Wix for their websites. So not a bad uh, technology play here long term. We'll see if this was the right level to buy Wix. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look at some other stocks that are moving. Let's go into what was hot and what was not. This is where we're really going to just jump on into the market. Take a look at what's moving. You guys in the chat, let me know what you guys see moving out there. I did see some people talking about some stocks already. Um, I did see straight healthcare down. 
by easy. And I would agree with that. Healthcare is down significantly. That's the most beaten down uh, sector today. And really the only sector deep into the red. You got communications just starting to leak into the red overall from the open. Of course, overall, you got real estate, communication, healthcare, and technology down. But if you actually take a look at from the open, technology is actually up. So what I would watch is a stock like NVIDIA. Will it be able to hold on into the green today? If it gets back below 130, I mean, this stock just can't hold any any kind of real pushback uh, in the stock. It's going to be ugly, it definitely, if it closes below 130. All right, but let's take a look at what was doing well today. It was all uh, on basic materials. What was doing well? Everything in basic materials. Look at that. All, of, all the whole industry up. And why is this important? Well, a lot of this is important is not necessarily only for basic materials, but how we go ahead and catch rotation, right? And this is how I always try to look at an area that's making good moves on up so that we can work backwards, work from a top-down approach than a bottom-up approach. Top-down working from the sectors to the industries, then going into the stocks. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look. All right. So if you, if you see here, agricultural inputs, nice little lift here. Let's go ahead and take a look. What kind of stocks we're moving there? Well, you heard me mention one earlier today, MOS. This is one I've been watching on the daily. Take a look at this nice kind of trend that we're coming back through. I think if we could get back through 58, we have a good outlook going towards 62. This is one that I'm keeping on watch because, of course, natural gas mentions on out there. Natural gas probably going to spike again. Fertilizer price probably spiking with it. So I'm keeping this one on my radar. CF is another one that I'm keeping a close eye. If you want to keep watch on these agricultural inputs and you got some other plays you can watch also. IPI is another one. Intrepid uh, Potash. We'll see what happens with these, but definitely interesting to keep these on watch. All right, coal, coal bouncing back today. Stocks there that I would keep on watch. AMR, we'll see if BTU can hold the kind of pull back towards the 200 day. If it cracks that 200 day, you can forget about it in BTU. But CEIX holding up well relative towards the other kind of coal players. And of course, AMR is one that I'd be looking for it to come back. METC is not the worst, but it's really cheap and has been beaten down. We'll see what happens in the coal players. Aluminum, Koa uh, got a raise. I know an upgrade uh, lately, but I don't know about this one. It's too low for me to take a look at it. FCX, one that I was thinking about, but it just seems like it really needs to get back above, let's say, 34s for me to even think about this because it's in a bearish trend. It needs to come out of it. We'll see what happens in copper. All right, lumber, wood production, definitely keep your eyes on lumber price. If it keeps going up, that would cause some spike in inflation. Steel, some mixed game, uh, but today getting some bounce back, NUE. Steel Dynamics is definitely probably the stronger ones and Cleveland Cliff because they uh, kind of guided towards the upside. But NUE came in last week and knocked them the hell down there. So it's a little bit of trouble to see. GoDaddy used to have a site builder tool back in the day. Don't know what happened to it. Um, they started using the other uh, kind of website builder, right? Um, they use, uh, I forgot the name right now. I've even used the builder. I don't know why I can't remember the name right now, Crassy. But yeah, GoDaddy uses uh, kind of, 
they they do still have their own website one. I've seen them, uh, but uh, also, I mean, there's a lot of these website builders. Let's just be honest. All right, let's keep going. Let's go into energy stocks. Definitely getting a bounce back in oil. Um, was not looking good in the pre-market. Let me go ahead and take a look at WTI today. Wanted to take a quick outlook to see where we're at on the day here as we are bouncing back here. So let me see WTI. I'm going to take a look at the front month. Looks like we're back up there towards 85.35. And what happened right near the open? A nice little spike in oil coming back up there towards the 85 and the 82s. If you think about it, look at Oxy coming on back here after cutting through some major support there at the 6450s. I got stopped out of this on my competition account, but it's still looking good. And if Oxy can, you know, come back with some more Warren mentions, maybe that can get it back up there. XOM was also getting back today. I needed to get back towards 95. 95 is the level where Exxon can kind of recover and get back up there towards the 98s then we'll be really looking good for the 100 move. We'll see what happens with Chevron. And I know that uh, with Exxon, Chevron's what I'm going to. Chevron looks like it was really kind of beaten down, was looking like it was going to crack here through the 152. Now it's getting some bounce back today. We'll see what happens in energy. All right, uranium names moving up right now. Not, not bad ones to mention, Beach Bum. Let's take a quick look at some uranium names. Have no problem checking them out. URA is how I've been kind of keeping an eye out on these uranium names, but you mentioned some names, UROI, URNM. Definitely keep those on watch. Right now, the three that are in the URA, UEC, LEU, and URG aren't doing that great, but we'll see if they can get a little bit of a bounce back, right? Um, definitely some of these stocks that I would keep on watch. And uranium has been, you know, a favorite. I mean, you can look at CCJ uh, getting some lift today. Also, that one doesn't look too bad. Has made a pullback. Let's see if it gets back up there towards the 30 price point. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into another area. As you're seeing, industrials get a little bit of a bounce here right on the daily. So let's see if these start bouncing and holding here. And so some of these industries that are doing well today. Infrastructure operations, you're getting trucking stocks to do well today. What are some of the trucking stocks that are doing well? DSKE, Yell. Um, where is USFD? I haven't seen that one in a while. Or uh, let's see what other ones we got here. I, I don't trade too many trucking stocks, as you guys can tell. Uh, there's a couple of ones that I know, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, these don't look that great. I mean, a lot of this is on the outlook. They've been going down, you know, and, and trying to get a little bit of a lift here. This one doesn't look too bad here, this MRTN. Look how this is pulled back significantly, trying to catch a little bit of a bounce. If there's one that I would probably keep a watch on, this MRTN doesn't look bad on the chart, but on a weekly outlook. All right, let's get out of that. Solar, I already talked about some of those names, but I'll go into that right now. I don't think I gave it too much about that. So let's go into that. So if you look also, I did want to talk about solar, but let's go into consumer cyclical first because this was a lot of major movers. Um, so a lot of the reopening trade doing well right now, uh, kind of these casinos bouncing back. But right now, I kind of open more on the reopening trade. Hilton getting a little bit of a lift. Marriott getting a little bit of a lift today. Um, if you take a look at CCL, look at CCL, how it jumped right out the gates. Now pulling on back towards that 1070. 
We'll see if it takes another lift up or will it start cracking? This has been really strong with this recent move, but if it takes a downturn from this 1106 and can't get back above that, watch out because we could come back down closer towards the 860s. We'll see what happens there in Carnival. All right, and uh, other areas that we're doing well there, American Airlines, the airlines getting some lift there, Airbnb getting some lift. Keep your eyes on these reopening trades. It looks like re uh, Airbnb is starting to turn around a little bit. We'll see what happens on these. Can they continue to make a lift? Like American Airlines is setting up there for another push here. As you can see here, it's bottomed out there around the 1350s. Now let's see if it makes a move towards, you know, 1415s. Uh, and that's what we're going to be looking at right now. You're at 1424. Can you get towards the 1450s and start holding there, American Airlines? All right, let's go. Let's keep going here. Now, what got hit the most? Um, let's go to tech, though, before we get into what got hit hard. That's healthcare. A lot of it is on the downside. But here's some technology names that are getting a little bit of a bounce today. Of course, NVIDIA getting a little bit of a bounce. We'll see if that can hold the green on the day. Uh, the opening price here I have at 130.61. Let's see if it can hold that towards the close. Oracle coming down today, but getting a little bit of a bounce. Um, some names, some bigger names that were getting a little bit of a bounce. QCOM uh, was getting a little bit of a bounce. I also saw Intel. Uh, in, Intel getting a little bit of a bounce there. It doesn't look too bad. We'll see how these tech names perform. But solar was one of the areas you guys wanted to pay attention to. And Array had some news there that was interesting. So I'll go ahead and I'll just give the news here. Um, the news was with an upgrade and it came from Piper Sandler. They upgrade Array Technologies and said that solar stocks could surge nearly 60%. And so keep this one on watch. It has been having a really good day. Pulled back here towards the 1835s, 1825s, now trying to get back to 19. If it can close above 19, you're going to be looking for at least a comeback there towards the 20. We'll see what happens there. Soul getting a little bit of lift on this, but First Solar is the one that I said. Keep your eyes on First Solar. As for Solar holds, I think the overall solar economy will keep holding up too. That is slowly but surely becoming a leader there. First Solar is not a bad name to keep on watch. One area that I was going to keep on watch also, of course, is EMPH and SEDG, which is one that I've been playing. And this one still hasn't come back below the 280s and it's continued to hold. I think it makes the next step up. We'll see what happens there in Solar Edge Technology. All right, if there's any solar name that's on your eyes and you guys want to talk about it, definitely throw it up in the chat and I'll keep it going here. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into some other stocks out there. What is getting hit? Well, healthcare is getting hit hard. What are the stocks that are getting hit the most? Well, it looks like biotech. A lot of these biotech names getting hit hard right now. Uh, some of the bigger names, definitely Moderna down big, bio and, and tech, but down big. What is going on in Moderna? I didn't even catch that, why it's down so much. So let me just go ahead and catch why it's down here. As much as it is, it looks like it's pretty bad here as it's coming on in. Um, okay, so it looks like a lot of this is coming on in with the talks that I saw in the chat. It looks like the talk about Biden stating that COVID vaccine makers fall as Biden says the pandemic is over is why the stocks dropped that much. 9% on that comment? Wow. 
that's impressive right there. Uh, definitely seeing some hard side down action there coming into BioNTech and Moderna based off of those headlines. And that's a little bit, I think, extreme there to come down that fast. But hey, as we've known, this was going to come eventually, come kind of ca calling here. And now it doesn't look good for Moderna as it's heading right back down where it was probably towards the, the pre-pandemic. This was a you know, this wasn't a, a big stock pre-pandemic. This was only about $19 stock. Will we be able to hold up here? We, there's a big support underneath it now. If we start taking out those weekly lows, watch out because we could start cracking down towards the 100 price point in Moderna. Definitely a turnaround there. Moderna was starting to look like it wanted to come back, wanted to come back up through this trend line. Now rejection from there shows me that you got to watch out for the lower price points and look at monthly supports to look out for those next level down. Next level down for me, you got some support around the 103. And from there, you can really start dropping into the 87s. We'll see what happens there in Moderna. Will we come crashing down and definitely getting hit hard today? All right. Biden said uh, COVID over on 60 Minutes. Yeah, that was that was literally why I was moving. I, I didn't expect that that would be a reason why I was down 9%, but hey, definitely getting hit hard. Um, all right. So we'll see what happens there. Moderna definitely getting hit hard, and that's what's bringing down some of the biotechs. Let's go to some of the bigger names. I'm sure those are getting hit hard also with this mention. And you guys can see uh, BMY getting hit hard, Pfizer getting hit, Lilly getting hit on this, Merck getting hit on this, and Johnson & Johnson, one that I was watching. Were we going to close above 65? We ended up closing above 65 on Friday. Now we pull right back towards those 65 today. We'll see what happens in Johnson & Johnson if this is even a play that I want to keep in mind. And AstraZeneca is another one to keep in mind. Will this come crashing back down? Mm, it's held for a very long time on the trend line, but it's really horribly taking a trip to the downside now. It's been about 14% in just about one month. Yeah, they definitely caught somebody. All right, let's keep going. Uh, I did see someone talk about Cle Cleveland Cliff. Yeah, it's coming on down there. Uh, we'll, looking like it wants to get a little bit of a bounce there. Uh, remember, we're getting mixed signals from steel. So we got a good outlook from Cleveland Cliff, a good outlook from Steel Dynamics, but NUE, kind of the capitalization leader in the industry, gave that downside outlook, right? So one of the stocks that I can watch to see what happens in steel, would U.S. Steel come out with a positive outlook? If that happens, then you got about three of the major players pointing towards the upside and one of the leaders pointing to the downside. That's when I can see NUE probably getting hit a little bit harder than some of these names. But it's not a bad mention and not a bad stocks to keep in mind because essentially Cleveland Cliff lets you know that their business wasn't doing too bad, that they were even going to raise prices on steel, probably make a little bit more on revenue. And you're seeing here NUE kind of destroyed the industry. Let's see if they can come back. And also keep your eyes to see what happens in X. U.S. Steel. Let's see what they say. 
All right, let's keep going. Let's start taking a look at some of the earnings stocks that are coming up this week. If you guys got tickers you guys want to check out just because it had a big move or a big gainer, you guys are always welcome to throw them up in the chat. I'm going to get us through some earnings stocks this week. And so some of the earnings stocks this week include Costco, Darden Restaurants, General Mills, and Lennar. Let's go to first, Costco. Costco is a stock that I was looking at today potentially take a trip, uh, take a trade on the competition account, trying to get it back above uh, the 505s, going towards the 520 and the 200-day moving average towards 522. But it's a hard trade, right? I mean, at least for me, one of the areas that I was going to watch was going to be BJ because BJ has been really strong. This whole club, you know, very similar competitor, has been making nice moves on up, but just want to make sure that they hold kind of this 75 pullbacks and start making a push towards the 80. I don't want to see this chart break down too fast right before our earnings come out. And Costco has earnings on the 22nd. Don't miss that, guys. Uh, that's going to be something definitely to keep on your radar. Will Costco kind of beat? I mean, if I think about it in the overall sense, one of the things that I like to do is pull up the Benzinga Pro, right? And if you pull up Benzinga Pro, one thing that you can do is you can pull up the, the calendar widget. And the calendar widget lets us know how much have they been surprising or kind of not surprising on the revenue. How Do they beat often? Well, it looks like recently, you know, back in like 2017, they were not beating in revenue often, Costco. But ever since 2020, and you could think about it here, kind of right here is when we really started kicking into the pandemic. Right there in kind of May of 2020, of course, there was some down action in the earnings because of what? Probably because there was no one leaving their house uh, for at least a month or two. But after that, since then, look how Costco has been coming in with some good beats. This is why I'm kind of a little bit leaning towards the upside in Costco, but we'll see what happens there and if that can make the next step up. Right. And so Costco is definitely one to watch. We'll see if it can get through the 505s. Does it make a run before the earnings is something that I'm thinking about. And when we hear mentions from Walmart that their Sam's Club is at their best membership ever and that they're raising their price, it gets me to think, will we get Costco to take that next step up? Now, Dollar Tree is another area that I've been watching for because this one was off the bottom, was looking to see if we were going to get a day two type of move a move towards 145 and then 150, then eventually maybe closing in the shadow here as this one had gapped down big. Will it come back up there and start filling some of that shadow zone? All right, let's get out of Costco. Let's go to Darlin Restaurants. Of course, Darlin uh, Restaurants is DRI. So check this out as it's bouncing off the bottom and the restaurant outlook, it doesn't look too bad here. It kind of kind of has like that rounding bottom. You could also maybe call it kind of an inverse head and shoulders, but it really needs to come back through this kind of trend. Um, you can see here, you have kind of have a trend line that you've been trying to get through. You can't get through it. Remember, when we can't get through it, eventually we probably reject back to support. So it could reject towards the 120 eventually here. It's battling, trying to get through that 135, We'll see what happens here on Darden Restaurants if they're able to get to that 135. And of course, look at the moving averages. They're all below it right now. Let's see if this flips with the earnings. Does all of a sudden the moving averages move above the price action? That would be a sign of concern in Darden. But if 
the price action can continue above all the moving averages. You showing that curving action, showing you that the price action is showing you towards the upside. We'll see what happens there in Darren restaurants. And just to kind of mention there, Costco, Costco is Thursday after the market close. And let's go to Darwin here. Uh, that's going to be reporting also on Thursday, but before the market opens on Darden. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into the next one there. Let's go to General Mills. General Mills is one that I'm keeping on watch. GIS. They have earnings also coming on up, something that we can keep on watch. Uh, this was one stock that I was going to see if it was going to start getting a lift. I'm also thinking about Clorox, but let's see if General Mills can get some of their earnings lift. Of course, packaged food, uh, passing down some of the costs to, of course, the uh, the grocery stores and the consumer. Let's see if they can keep getting a nice little push there. Uh, move back above 76. Not a bad area to watch. And we'll see if General Mills can get moving or not. Lennar, Lennar definitely getting a little bit of a lift today. And why are the... Uh, kind of th these real estate stocks getting some lift. Well, a lot of it is coming after KeyBank double upgrade the sector to overweight from underweight. And of course, they tried to state that home builders had underperformed this year and tend to rebound so sooner and more sharply than the broader market. So getting a little bit of a lift, but I think eventually this kind of sells off. It's been kind of a selling off since kind of this push up there towards the 88s. We'll see what happens in the residential and construction industry. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look at some other stocks on out there. We do got a little bit of news and then we're going to be getting into our interview. Coming up, we got Giles Coglin, analyst from HYCM. Yes, I'm excited to go ahead and talk about some macro outlook here. As we continue here on Stock Market Movers, I'm going to go ahead and play a quick Benzinga Pro trailer and we'll continue on with the show. Introducing portfolio synchronization with your brokerage. Now you can securely connect your brokerage account to Benzinga Pro, opening a world of personalization. Screen lightning fast news just for the stocks you own. Set alerts for news catalysts that affect only the companies you care about. It's all possible with a simple click and a secure protective connection. Overcome uncertainty and connect your portfolio to Benzinga Pro today. All right, let's continue going here. And like always, if you guys got tickers that are in your eyes, throw them up in the chat. I'm going to keep going here. Let's go into the hacking that happened. Of course, this is uh, coming towards take two. If you guys don't know, take two's best game, and I, I would have to agree with this, is, of course, Grand Theft Auto. At least that's one of their best brand names that they have underneath their belt. Uh, but a hacker published authentic pre-release footage from the development of Grand Theft Auto 6, the most anticipated video game from Take-Two Interactive, and it got hit hard on this news. But guess what? It looks like they bought up that news because it's right back up there towards yesterday's close as it's made its move from the pre-market in the 116s right back towards that 123 or 124. It looks like they shugged it off on the hacking what do you guys think about that? I mean, to me, I, I don't think, you know, stocks should have gone down on this, but I understand it kind of took away kind of some of the excitement 
that some were expecting to hear from that Grand Theft Auto 6. And it's also kind of in the works. At least uh, it doesn't seem like it's coming out anytime soon. So it's something to keep on mind. But one thing to keep in mind is kind of the demand is coming away from these gaming companies. And, you know, Activision, you know, it's not doing too bad, uh, AT, ATVI. Um, but that's a lot of it on what? On the acquisition news, right? I think if ATVI wasn't getting acquired, I think, you know, you'd probably see it come back down here towards the 65s. But we'll see what happens there, ATVI. It does look like it's starting to cut back down towards the 75. We'll see if it can hold on. And for old time's sake, I haven't taken a look at it in a while, but let's take a look at here. Here is down to $7. Wow. Turtle Beach down to $7. Wouldn't expect to hear that one, but definitely uh, Turtle Beach not being able to hang on towards the 20s, towards the 10s. Now down to $7. Interesting to see it down that, that much. Uh, Logitech is the other one that I would think a look at if that one's down so much. And this one hasn't made it back down towards the pandemic low. It's holding a little bit closer towards the 48s right now. Will it make that move back down towards a low on the pandemic of 31.37? Not a bad one to keep on watch, but definitely the demand is just so low in video games right now. I think they'll come back eventually, but it's interesting to see them get hit hard. And at least it shows me that the environment isn't coming back right now. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going here. GTA is making money, and it will continue to make money. It's all about the microtransactions. Yeah, GTA definitely makes money, and, and I agree. It's going to always make money. It's, it's one of the most anticipated games, and it's one of the most fun games to play. At least I like playing it. Um, but who knows? I mean, we'll see. I also remember that Meta talked about for a long time that they were trying to work with Take-Two on trying to bring like a Grand Theft Auto version to Oculus. If that ever happens, call me an Oculus user because I'll be there. So who knows? Maybe Meta can turn things around, right? Can Meta turn things around? We'll see. And it's not right now, I'll tell you that much. Uh, even though you had a couple of days where it was starting to come back on up, it had some resistance, it hit it, and went right back down towards support. Now you're down towards the 146. Where will Meta stop? I mean, at the end of the day, this stock is really starting to get into worry as it could come back down closer towards the 130. I think that's the next level that you guys have um, is going down towards that 130. And then from there, around the 130 area, what happens then? If we crack through there, we could easily be back down towards 80, 70. Is Meta just completely cracked and not coming back? That's something I throw to the chat and see what you guys think. All right, that would be hilarious. GTA on VR. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would definitely be something that would get them pushing. Um, just because I think that that's what we need. We need some kind of bigger names, bigger games, right? Like in VR, one of the things that I think is holding it back is no big names. Like let's say a Call of Duty name or something like that. You need some big brands. 80 is a buy. Ooh. 80 is a buy. I mean, that would be down there. I, I think it eventually will become a buy. But the question is, at what valuation? Because it's going to be a lot on their VR side, not so necessarily on their Facebook side. But let's see what happens 
meta platforms, the metaverse, they're struggling right now. Let's see if they can get out of it. Anyone buying the MetaQuest Pro when it's released? Uh, you know, the, the Pro isn't coming out, right? I think it's the Cambria. Cambria is the one that's being released. Kenneth, but correct me if I'm wrong. Are they calling it the Quest Pro? Is that what you're talking about? All right, let's go ahead. And a few seconds, we'll be joined by Giles about three minutes into to get into Giles' conversation. But let's start taking a look at some different areas on out there in video. Are we still holding on? Yeah, we're holding on for the time being. Let's see what happens at the close. Uh, the queues, what's going on in the queues? Looks like we're battling the 289s on the queues. Spy, Spy battling here the 386. Can't get up there. It's tried multiple times, and I always try to point this out here, right? I mean, we've had about one try, two tries, three tries. Let's see if it goes one more time. If it can go back up there, 386.26, I think we get up there. But if we crack through the 385s right now, watch out. We could be heading right back down towards those 383s. All right, bull case for Meta is to actually start making money out of the Metaverse. Agree. I, I mean, they got to make some money. And it would be ultimate to see kind of GTA under their belt. Um, another area that I was keeping on watch, and then we'll talk about it coming on up with Giles, is commodities like wheat, right? What's going on there? What's going on in corn? Corn looks strong today again, looking like it's starting to push back. I'm keeping an eye on that. Soybean, right? Soybean, what's going on there? It's going on up. Wheat is the one that I see kind of hanging on a little bit more, but definitely something that we need to talk about. Uh, UNG, how's natural gas today? We are getting a little bit of a bullish day. Will this have another run? Of course, uh, we've continued to hear about the pipe shutdowns, right? What's going on with Nord Stream 1? Will it come back online, right? I think that's one thing that you should keep on watch because of right now, it's still shuttered down, right? And we'll see if it kind of comes back. Uh, German gas buyers resume uh, nominations for Nord Stream 1 supply. Looks like Russian gas flows through Ukraine steady. Nord Stream 1 remains shut. Uh, so we'll see what happens if they ever get it back online and that what kind of supply comes back online is something definitely to keep on watch. I'm still stunned that UNG hasn't just completely ripped, but I think in the long run, we still get that rip. The question is, how long will it take? And will it just kind of subside as this kind of Nord Stream 1 shutdown is there? And then it starts pushing back. We'll see what happens. This one likes to go in waves, I feel like. And we've had a couple of waves trying to hold above the 3161. Let's see if it ever gets back up there. All right. I see uh, VMW. Uh, VMW in the chat there. VMware uh, trying to call it a steal there down there. I mean, it doesn't look too bad there. It has like a longer term uh inverse head and shoulders but it can't crack here the 108s um if it cracks that 108 you got to be careful because that left shoulder could start breaking and if that left shoulder breaks you could be making your way up um but this isn't really a stock that i trade often uh it's trying to hold on there towards the 110 110 needs to hold so it can start coming back towards 120 if not you're looking at probably the 100 coming on down we'll see what happens there in vmware 
All right, let's go ahead. Uh, shop being called out in the chat. Uh, looks like Giles is having a little bit of issues coming on. Uh, we should be able to have him on in just a few moments. But if not, I'll make sure to get Giles on tomorrow. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. All right, we'll see what happens here in shop. We are bouncing near that 30 price point again. Of course, shop moves a lot with those art names, right? The growth names. That's what I think you need to keep on watch. But let's go back to shop to see where those levels are meeting on up. And it looks like you can see it on the daily, 30.13 taking out that. we got to be careful. But right now, if we can recover and kind of close above the 31.93s, that's not a bad outlook here. We don't want to see it below that 31 again, and we just want to see it coming right back up there towards the 35 because that looked like you were trying to get back towards 40. Now, if we can't get back towards that 35, watch out for those 30s because it can get cut. Next thing you know, you're down here back towards 25s and 20s. We'll see what happens there. Unity is a perfect example of this. This has just been pulling on back. If it catches a bounce, it doesn't look bad. But if it cuts through the lows, you got to go. Watch out there. 34.27 is a good low to see it hold. If it cuts through 30.25, got to be careful there. All right, hourly charts uh, having a little bit of a pull back here. We'll see what's going on there. 36.04, Unity trying to pull on back towards the VWAP. We'll see if it can get on up there through the 36.50 towards 37 and 38. All right. Definitely, uh, let me just check up right quick on Giles. Looks like we, I don't know if we got the wrong link there, but we're checking up on him. Um, we'll see what happens there. Let's keep battling here. Let's get into, of course, seeing if the SPY is going to close on up today. It looked like we were battling the 386. Can we get back up there? Looks like we're going towards it right now. We talked about it prior to this. Would we get the push back? We got a little bit of a flip right back to there as we're getting that fourth kind of level that I look for. There's that one price action, two prices action, three price action, and looking for the fourth here. This is usually where we get either the breakout or the rejection. Let's see what happens in the overall market. Do we get that breakout towards the 387 or rejection back towards the 385s? And really interesting on this one that you went right back towards the 384.98s and then wick right back out of there. So showing you that you stayed down there for very few amount of time at the VWAP and bounce straight back up towards resistance. Let's see if we can actually get it through the 386 level. Are we just getting kind of that bullish kind of day? That's what I can see there. New daily lows, you gotta go. Yep, that is the way it goes, and definitely not a bad outlook. Guess Puerto Rican, uh, Puerto Rico couldn't even help it, GNRC. No, yeah, I don't think that, you know, one of the things is with Generac, I think that happened there is, of course, uh, that with Generac, it didn't come to the United States. I think a lot of people were starting to play it, thinking that maybe it would, uh, that hurricane would turn a little bit and come towards the actual United States. And this isn't what happened. And so I think that turned around that outlook that it's not going into the United States, the continental United States, um, is why you're seeing Generac turn around. And this was an interesting play. I was actually looking at it here before to think about maybe playing it up um but it just couldn't couldn't hold on here generac not making big pushes 
What's my Twitter? You guys can always find me at MoneyMitchBZ. That's my Twitter right there, MoneyMitchBZ. Um, pretty easy to find, and you should be able to locate me, Wally. Also, um, if you look in the description below, there should be just a link where you could just click on it. All right, let's keep going. Looks like I made a, a, a mistake there with the link for Giles. It could have been that I made a mistake. I'm not sure what's going on. We got Zoltan working on it in the background and Rohan helping me out also. So we'll find out what's going on there. If not, don't worry about it, team. I'll make sure that we get to Giles. We'll just probably get to Giles tomorrow. Like always, we'll keep working. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some other stocks that I'm going to watch. Tesla having a really strong day. Keep your eyes on this one. This is one of the most bullish daily charts of the big names. So if for any reason we could get a big rip up in the market, Tesla would be one that I would watch to really have a good time with that up move. And so you can see it right now was fighting the 300 support. It even came back towards the 200 day, which is 294. It's been holding there. Now we're starting to get closes up closer towards the 300. Not really cracking that. Let's see if we can get through the 311 on the upside. That's the level that I would call out on the upside. You get that break, you're probably looking towards the 320s. And then Tesla is going to be looking really nice on the daily for a push through that 320 and seeing if we can make it back, let's say, towards the 360s. That would be a big break out there in Tesla. So I'm keeping this one on my radar. Even though the market's looking bad, and it's not looking like the best, right? Well, Tesla's chart is not looking bad, right? I mean, I would just say that right off the bat. Apple, of course, another good chart to kind of keep on watch. Let's delete all the drawings there. There's just too much on there. And now you guys can kind of keep a, a look on it of how it's really moving. It really isn't the, the uh, a big bullish setup anymore. It just seems like Apple wants to hold on. That's one thing I can definitely say. If you think about it, you know, there's been a lot of resistance coming into play there's been a lot of support that has held up here and now it's kind of more of in that in-between stage it has that kind of where it's come down it's gone up it's come down gone up i wouldn't expect too much down but i also wouldn't expect too much up um so definitely this is something that you got to keep on watch we'll see it found bounce right there at the 150s can it get back up through the 200 day remember how i talked about it earlier when a lot of times when we have kind of the moving averages and they slowly, you know, you want them below the price action. Below the price action gives it that kind of lift and outlook. But when they all start moving above the price action, that shows me heavy resistance and it's pointing towards a, a bearish time moving forward. All right. Any, anyone have any water companies they like to invest in? I got you, Aaron, Ryan. I can go through some of those tickers. I've actually taken a look at some of the water stocks before. So what we'll do is we'll go to utilities and we'll go into regulated water plays. And so the first thing I like to do when I'm looking at an area, right, an industry, I'll first line them up by capitalization. Why? Because usually these are going to be the biggest stocks first. And so what I can do is I do that all off the, pack, off the pack there with regulated water. And what do you get? American Waterworks. This will be the first one. You've seen Jonathan mention that one also. It's the biggest one of these, right? And so let's take a look at the dailies. How do these look? Well, it looks like this one has kind of that inverse head and shoulders here, but it popped up, couldn't hold it, came back, held the neckline there. Now trying to come back there, but then what does it do? It rejects right back below those lows. So you got to be careful. 
if it cracks here through this 145, you could be right back down here towards the 130s. So you got to keep that one in mind. Uh, WTRG, another one uh, to keep on mind, right? You got SBS. Um, this one's a little bit kind of one that I haven't traded before. This is another one that I've traded here is CWT. Um, this is California Water Service Group. This is not a bad one to keep on watch. And a smaller player, if you're looking for a smaller player that you may be looking at in water plays, I'd keep on watch CWCO. This is one that I was watching for a nice breakout back here. I was watching it all the way back here. And so we'll see what happens there. This was back, I was looking at this in March. All the way in March is when I was looking at these water plays and thinking that they could get all the way up here. And remember, I created this in March 7th, updated this on March 8th. And now look where it came into play. It actually filled into there. You can see I was a little bit off on my timing because where I drew the circle and where it actually finally ventured up going to. But these water plays made a huge move on up. Consolidated water, CWCO. Not a bad one to keep on watch there if you're looking for water plays. All right, now, chat, I will go ahead and tell you guys we do have uh, uh, Giles Coglin here. So it, it looks like I might have made a mistake with the StreamYard link. So don't, don't blame it on Giles. It was probably my mistake. So just want to call that out before I get him on here. And we're going to dive into our interview and go into a little bit of overtime since we don't have anything on right after this. So stick around, guys. We're going to get into some overtime. Give this a thumbs on up and let's dive in to our interview today. All right, let's bring on Giles Coglin here, the analyst at HYCM. Welcome back, Giles. Mitch, it's great to be here. I was excited, looking forward to speaking to you today. So I'm glad we managed to iron out all the issues and here we are. Definitely. That's all that matters is that we got you on here. And so the last time I've had you on, of course, we didn't have that CPI data. We got that surprise in the CPI yeah. data. So I wanted to know your thoughts on inflation and where do you think we're heading from here? Yeah, well, that was a really good opportunity. I took some great gold and silver shorts on that hot CPI. We're, if thinking, we're talking about it. I remember yeah. that, Giles. And if you remember going into that hot CPI that we had last Tuesday, market analysts were expecting headline inflation to fall to 8.1% down from the prior 8.5%. So the word on the street was that, oh, phew, we're going to see the second consecutive fall in headline inflation, which means the narrative builds that we're past peak inflation and the Fed can start thinking about slowing the pace of interest rates. Then we had the headline print, 8.3% above the forecast and in line with the highest expectation. The core inflation was also in line with the high expectation and the month on month core. So instead of inflation dropping, inflation was showing that it was stickier. And in particular, we saw high increases in rental cost. So all of a sudden, the market thought, oh, no, that Fed soft landing that we began to anticipate, we have to reprice. And that's why we saw the Nasdaq, the Dow, the S&P 500 fall like four, five, six percent, depending on which index it was. 
We saw the DAX fall. We saw Euro stocks fall. We saw the dollar surge and we saw gold and silver tumble. Now, that was the catalyst for me to take some gold and silver shorts and try to benefit from that sudden repricing. So that means I'm excited this week because now we're going to actually hear from the Federal Reserve and begin to get a sense of where they're going to be taking us. And that could potentially open up another set of opportunities in the Dow, the NASDAQ, uh, the S&P 500, gold, silver and the dollar. So that's where I'm at uh, now, Mitch. Now, of course, uh, some traders are starting to weigh on, of course, the interest rate hike. And um, I'm still yeah. in the camp kind of more of the 75 basis points. Yeah, but do yeah. you think 100 basis points? Is it off the table? Well, Mitch, you know me. I don't try to I don't make my money by projecting exactly what's going to happen. I more like to respond to what does happen, but I will have an opinion. And so my opinion is the 75 basis point hike, it is 100% priced in. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 100 basis points because they want to show that they're on top of inflation. And when you go back to the 1980s, and remember, many of these guys are going to remember the 80s and that high inflation. When inflation went to double digits and up and up and up, heading towards 20%, and interest rates went to 20%. So I think there is a case for hiking aggressively because inflation, once it gets root into economy, it's, it's really poisonous. But the Fed is behind the curve, and that's the difficulty, because if they keep hiking aggressively, they could end up bringing down the economy far too quickly when eventually inflation and the interest rate bites. I remember that's the problem that central bankers have around the world, is they keep hiking interest rates, but the effect isn't felt into the economy to sort of like three, four, five, six months later. So getting that timing right is crucial. So that's why they said that they're looking at going up to like four, four and a half percent and then pausing. So they want to buy themselves some time, but they want to err almost a little bit on the side of caution by being a little bit more aggressive than less aggressive. So that would make sense of a 100 basis points hike. That, that that would make sense. Yeah, and it, I mean, to, in my eyes, at least from the small time that I've been investing, is uh, I've seen it also that the Fed loves to play extreme. So if I'm playing extreme to the other side, wouldn't be anything different. I mean, in the pandemic side, they were extremely supportive. So yeah. it's it would make yeah. sense for me to be on the opposite side for them to get more in extreme restrictive policy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what this next step this next step is for. And of what course, think, this is, and this is where the opportunity lies, Mitch, because yeah. um, markets are expecting them to be aggressive. That's what we saw the reaction to the CPI. So say they come out and say they hike by 75 basis points, but they start to say, well, we, 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 we've seen some concerns about the US economy. We, we don't want to push too far, too soon. Any language that's perceived as the Fed showing a willingness and or ability to slow down the path of rates, maybe not peak to that four and a half percent terminal rate that's kind of anticipated. If there's any hint of that, then we will quickly see the dollar fall, 10 year yields, yields fall, and that would be a great opportunity to short the dollar yen. Because remember the Bank of Japan, they got very itchy with the dollar yen up at that 145. Remember we had, they were asking for the, the fixing rate, the Bank of Japan, they were also saying, you know, uh, how nervous they were about the weakness of the yen. And then they had a meeting 
of the BOJ, the Ministry of Finance and the FSA. Now, those three are able to move the yen. So they were saying to the market, we're worried about this weakness in the yen and we can move it. So I think the best opportunity that I could see would come from a dovish Fed and then it would be shorting the dollar yen, but also going long silver with the gold silver price ratio still quite high. Silver should outperform gold if there's reasons to buy either of them. So that, that's sort of my dream scenario would be a dovish Fed and it would be shorting the dollar yen going long silver. That, that makes sense to me from the risk reward perspective, from the fundamental perspective, and in terms of the opportunity with what other central banks are doing around the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been seeing the currency talks and it seems like they're really kind of getting to, you know, a more heightened stage. I've been seeing a lot of oh, yen man. talk. Uh, explain to me time. what's going on. Uh, what's going on in the dollar? What's going on in currency? This is a wonderful time because remember, we've had this long period of interest rates being sort of flat across the board. Well, how do you differentiate the different currencies when interest rates are virtually identical? So now what we're seeing is different central banks moving at different rates. And I expect this to develop further because some economies are going to do better than others. Some are going to be able to stimulate growth. Some are going to see growth falling behind. And that's going to really differentiate currencies nicely from each, each other. And already we're seeing these short term deviations providing excellent opportunities in FX markets. We saw you know, a little bit of a miss from the Canadian jobs data uh, last Friday, providing you know, another short scalpable opportunity. And this week, we've got the Bank of Japan, the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve, all meeting, all with their particular nuances and particular areas that we need to focus on, each providing different opportunities. This, I'm going to Dubai in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm leading a two-day course. And I'm starting off speaking on FX because I think this is a great time to be involved in FX. And with these interest rates suddenly rising, then you're going to see some central banks slowing, some speeding up. And that creates a great differential, good bond yield spread uh, moves. So I'm excited about FX, as you can tell, Mitch. Definitely. And I will go ahead and give our audience an opportunity that's out there. Catch the HYCM webinar that comes out on Mondays. Um, you don't want to miss that. I, I definitely think that this is definitely a time where you guys, if you never, if you never dove into kind of the Forex market or understanding currency, this is an exciting time right now. Yeah. Um, there's been times that I can tell you when I first started, it wasn't as exciting in kind of 2018 to talk Forex. And now it's been kind of the forefront in the trade. And I think it's going to be something that we can all kind of look at opportunities and not always just trading, always just in kind of equity markets about, you know, overall stock market moves. But Forex looks really interesting here. I mean, FX is hard, Mitch. It's a really hard market. Yeah, it's different. So there's a lot of wisdom in staying with stocks. And particularly if you're new and beginning, like, you know, don't don't come and fiddle around with FX. Stocks is, is, is much more straightforward. Um, but this reminds me of like 2009, 2010, when we started to see some pretty big FX moves. So that's the kind of vibes that, that I'm picking up. And definitely, if you've been in FX markets for a while, or you can follow someone who knows them well, there will be some good opportunities ahead. Excellent. Now, what do you like moving forward? I'm going to give you a little bit of a way here. I know a lot of people are thinking, is it, do you think oil goes higher or natural gas or maybe both? You know, oil is really difficult. 
because there's so many different drivers with oil at the moment. There's structurally a lack of supply in the oil market. There's just been a reluctance to invest in oil markets because it's just not politically um, really attractive. Who wants to say we're going to invest in fossil fuels? No one. Who wants to say to investors, we're going to put lots of money into drilling oil uh, wells? It's not kind of sexy, as it were. So that's meant there's been a structural underinvestment in oil markets, which should keep oil supported and underpinned. We are also expecting demand to keep up. And even though there's been lots of talk about electric vehicles, green energy, there's nowhere near enough electric and green energy supply to do away with oil. So oil's entering a really good period. And as soon as the economy shows any signs of turning, I just expect oil to keep gaining again. So I, I see medium term upside for oil. But how you time that would be very difficult. And I would just use major tech levels to enter into oil. Nat gas is really being pushed and pulled around by the Russian Ukraine crisis. So if the Russian Ukraine crisis fades, I'd expect Nat gas uh, to drop sharply lower as well. So I'd see that that would be very susceptible to event risk going forward. But energy markets are particularly tricky with, you know, is it the US-Iran deal? Is it inventory levels? Is it the Russian-Ukraine crisis? Um, is it, you know, the, the latest oil spill from Iraq? There's suddenly reasons to buy and sell almost each day. So it's been a very difficult market. And I, I haven't made many trades in oil because of that. But medium term, structurally, I do see upside in the market and deep pullbacks from major tech levels in my book would be suitable for buying just like anything. Make sure you, you manage your risk well. Yeah, always. That's always what comes first. Now, last thing I'll leave off of is agricultural commodities. And do you see any trends kind of coming up here? Commodities, the best sort of trends I see in commodities, not so much in agricultural commodities that I've been noticing, but that's because I'm not so much in touch with those markets, mm -hmm. Mitch. Um, in commodities generally, the only exciting commodity that I'm wanting to get involved in is with gold. I still think it has a lot of upside on that stagflationary narrative. But this is not the time to buy gold because the dollar's so high, real yields are so high, so it just keeps dropping. So I'm looking to get into gold. There's a very strong seasonal pattern for gold and silver around the end of the year. So they tend to gain sharply from about December the 24th through to about the middle of February on a seasonal basis. So an ideal world would be that's when the Fed starts showing some signs of pausing around the December meeting. And then perhaps you could see a good run higher in gold and silver. Apart from that, uh, commodities like nickel, lithium should gain on electric vehicle demand over the long term. Copper has structural reasons for gain. It's pressured at the moment on global growth risk. But should we see a turn in sentiment that I would expect those sort of base metals to gain again, commodities like iron ore, copper. But for me, it's just getting that timing right. So that's that's all I've got, Mitch, but I haven't got anything more specific. I don't follow agricultural commodities very much. No worries. The last thing I'll leave off of it. Is there any catalyst that you feel investors are just not focusing on that we should kind of keep on watch? Well, I think there's one thing that you know some beginner investors struggle with is when they think of like uh, central bank policy meetings, they might think, oh, OK, over here, you've got the Bank of Japan and then you've got the Swiss National Bank and then you've got 
the BOE, and you might think of them like players on a Cluedo board or a game of Monopoly. They're all equal, but actually they're not. The Federal Reserve is the most influential central bank in the entire world, and where the Fed go, the rest of the world, to a larger or greater extent, essentially follow. So that's why the Federal Reserve's meetings are incredibly important, and particularly for stocks. I would say if you look at the seasonal pattern for stocks, they tend to gain very strongly around the 31st of October through to the end of April. It's a pattern that repeats itself over and over again. So if I was looking at buying in medium term into major indexes or understanding the big narrative, you have to focus on the Federal Reserve and how they're going to respond to inflation, how they're going to respond to US economic growth, and what the terminal US rates will be. That will underpin uh, the majority of financial moves across a whole range of markets. So if there was one thing that I had to stress to either a beginner investor or maybe an experienced investor that hasn't quite got the significance of the Federal Reserve, is watch the Fed because that will set the tone. And once that tone is set from the Federal Reserve, then the old adage is true. Don't fight the Fed. Just go with it. Definitely. Don't fight the Fed. I think it was... Definitely. Uh, There's a song, Mitch, in the UK. Yeah. I think it was. I, I can't. I think it was the Clash. Or, uh, someone, one of your listeners, would be. I fought the law, and the law won. Sometimes oh, I'm still rocking to that tune. Yeah, <laughs> I fought the law, and the law won. Do you know what I mean? So you know, don't fight the Fed. Don't you know? Be sensible, right? Yeah, and we'll see if there's any mention for any reason that they could flip a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, guys. and it will be. It'll be a subtle narrative. We are looking. At, absolute shades of gray so it's quite a tricky um central bank meeting to trade but remember where the expectations are they're really high so if they don't deliver on that high bar then we could have a buy the room and sell the fat response so i wouldn't be surprised to see the dollar uh selling off and if the dollar did sell off it would be dollar yen downside which i'd like because everyone's worried about the bank of japan intervening in the yen you see yeah if you notice, did you notice how 10-year yields have been moving higher? But what's the dollar yen been doing? It's been moving sideways. Now, that's strange. And the only explanation is because the Bank of Japan has spooked the market to think that if you're going to short the yen, we might at any moment, without giving any notice, buy lots of yen. And that's worried investors. But once you're, once you're going long the yen and you've got reason to, then great. You've got the Bank of Japan backing you up rather than you facing the Bank of Japan. Yeah, we'll see if we get some tailwinds there. Appreciate you coming on, Giles. Like always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You have great understanding, not only into uh, market sentiment, but Forex, different areas. I always appreciate you coming on, Giles. Mitch, I really look forward to this meeting and uh, I look forward to our next one again. Definitely, Giles. We'll have you back on and I'll see what I get out of the FOMC meeting this week and we'll retry it back out. Have yeah, that's one, lovely, Mitch. Take care now. Thank you, everyone. Take care. All right, that's going to do it for us. I hope that you guys enjoyed some overtime. Do us the favor. If you guys enjoy getting to these experts, give us a thumbs on up because that's why I really do this show. You know, I, I think I could take a break in the middle of the day to do some more research for you guys, but I want to keep you guys in the informational edge. And that's why I try to get on here on Stock Market Movers. It's not only covering the headlines, but also getting to the analysts out there so that you guys can hear from themselves what they're thinking. That's why I have guys like Giles. We have Sam Saval. Um, we have some great, uh, we got 
Um, always, we got Adam Johnson on. We got some great analysts that come on consistently. I hope that you guys appreciate this and stay in the informational edge. Hit the thumbs on up and hit share if you guys enjoyed this. Let everybody know that this is where you want to go ahead and catch some of these market analysts so that you guys can get a better perspective on the markets. I'll see you next time. Hit the, hit the thumbs on up before you get on out of here. And I'll see you guys on At The Close at 3.30. Bye.